Hi, Jason. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, Jared. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Happy to have you. How's your day going so far? It's going really well. It's bright sun outside, and I'm just sitting here about ready to study cardiac anesthesia all weekend. Fun. Busy, yeah, busy. Lots of fun. Very busy. Oh, I'm glad you uh, you at least have some nice weather. I'm up in Boston, and it's cloudy and rainy, and not the best day. Good day for a oh. podcast, but uh, <laughs> um, that's that's really yeah. where we're at. Um, I, I haven't uh, told the audience uh, anything about you yet, so I, I think the best way to start would be to go into an introduction, tell them a little bit about your background. All right. Well, uh, I'm known mostly as Bolt SRNA online on YouTube and on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, but before that, um, I, I would go all the way back to my undergrad education, which was a uh, bachelor's of science in nursing at Jacksonville State University. Uh, from there, I became a ICU nurse at a local ICU there in uh, Anniston, Alabama. And I worked in a blended ICU that was like a medical ICU and a surgical ICU and a CV ICU. And after I did a few years there getting experience doing that, I did travel nursing for about two years. And I moved all over the country, actually. And I went to Connecticut, Atlanta, Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, Texas, San Francisco, and even Los Angeles. And then that is what landed me all the way back in Tennessee again uh, in CRNA school. I applied to CRNA school while I was travel nursing. And so I transitioned from travel nursing on into being a CRNA student. And now I'm in Tennessee working on my CRNA DMP degree and uh, hence the name Bolt SRNA. Interesting. What's the projected graduation date for you? Yeah. 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 It was, it was, a, it was a long journey. It was, it was a good journey. It was probably about, 10 years of time I just summed up in my background there. Um, but it was, it was quite the journey. Interesting. When are you, uh, when are you expected, when does the program finish? It finishes August, 2019. Oh, coming up. Yep. So I'm entering into my third year now. And, uh, and so then I'll finish up this third year and be finished hopefully forever and never having to go back to school again, finish my terminal degree. Excellent. Very nice. And now, what it sounds to me like becoming a CRNA was something that you you had in mind from the beginning when you started school. Is that fair to say, or is this something that you decided after doing travel nursing? Actually, I want to go and become a CRNA at some point. So it, it's kind of funny. A lot of people who became CRNAs didn't have the exact idea of the CRNA path in mind when they started their freshman year of college. And I think part of that reason why, at least in the past, is because CRNAs have been much more under uh, kind of like behind the curtains and, and not really revealed so much to the public, even though there's so many of us. There's, I think there's over 50,000 uh, CRNAs in the United States, and the career has been around since the Civil War, and they're the, actually the original anesthesia providers. But uh, CRNAs is kind of like a hidden secret in healthcare, and especially to the lay person as a whole. And uh, so, no, actually, when I started my freshman year of college, I wanted to be a psychologist. And I actually went and worked in a local emergency department as an assistant to kind of get a better idea of what the patients would be like and to kind of see mental illness in the real setting instead of kind of the movies and secondhand stories that you hear. And when I was there, I realized how much um, how 
how much of an issue there was in uh, with mental illness and with the way that we treat mental illness and how complex it was and a lot of the substance abuse that went on with mental illness and a kind of revolving door that happens with that uh, with that kind of problem. And so I, um, I actually, at, at, while deciding that I didn't want to do psychology, I was watching the uh, ER nurses there and they looked like rock stars to me. They were taking care of patients. They would have, you know, heart, I'd heart attack patients come in from an ambulance and they would, you know, rescue them. And I'd watch them do that. Or there'd be a child that drowned in the pool and they'd come in and they would, you know, resuscitate them back to life. And they would just be there for all kinds of really interesting types of cases. And, and I watched them use their knowledge, uh, you know, clinically and, and their knowledge pharmacologically and, uh, you know, their head and their hands mixed together as a way to, you know, really put their hands on patients and take care of people and make a difference in people's lives every day. And that's when I fell in love with the nursing field. And uh, so I became, I switched my major from psychology into nursing uh, that first year of college. And, uh, and then I still had it in my head that I wanted to have a terminal degree because uh, I knew from a young age that whatever I set my mind to, I wanted to do it to the, you know, the utmost fullness of that, you know, career field. And I wanted to learn there was everything there was to learn about it and, uh, and, you know, be the best at it. So I thought, well, I'll do nursing and then I will switch into med school after that and then continue on because I thought I wanted to be a neurologist or an endocrinologist. Those were the two, um, you know, systems in the body that I found the most interesting, you know, at 19 years of age when, you know, not that I knew much about endocrinology back then, but you think you, you do. And so that's what I wanted to be. And, um, and it's funny, as I went through my nursing education, I started to decide that, you know, I didn't really care that much for endocrinology or neurology. And, and I started seeing other things that could be potential paths, um, like during our rotations in our second semester of nursing school, we rotated at a surgical center and I got to see CRNAs for the first time. That's the first time that I, ever, I had actually heard of CRNAs and the first time I had really got a chance to see them in action. And by seeing all the really cool things that they were able to do and the peripheral nerve blocks they were doing and uh, the, the ability for them to take away the pain of the patient and to stay there with the patient at the head of the bed throughout the entire procedure, uh, you know, every second being there with them and, and being like what I would call the guardian angel over the patient uh, the whole time. And um, that really made an impact on me and something just clicked in that moment. And I realized and is what I want to do. I want to go and be a CRNA. And so I switched. Interesting. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I, I hear a lot of people, even still today, and it takes obviously still a little education, but people, it seems like many think it's only anesthesiologists that administer anesthesia. And then you say, well, no, there's this this specialty called certified registered nurse anesthetist, and they do this as well, and they can practice independently in, in many states. And it's, uh, it's funny because I have some relatives, and uh, we have a family member that's uh, – trying to become a crna and they'll they'll talk about their their child and say yeah that she's going to be a anesthesiologist and she's like no mom i'm be a, a nurse anesthetist and they're like well what's the like it, it, it takes um it's definitely interesting in the, in the public eye like you said they're kind of it's kind of still a specialty that's shielded but uh, i know 
AANA is doing a lot of work to try to make it more known uh, what the specialty, what you guys do. And uh, it's very interesting. They are. They are. And a part of it is the fact that, um, you know, a lot of people can't even say the word anesthetist. And some people don't even know what that means. And in Europe, actually, the word anesthetist is referring to a physician anesthesiologist. That's what physician anesthesiologists are referred to as, is anesthetist there. So it's interesting how you, in different regions of the world you'll go to, different words mean different things. And, um, and actually, there's a push right now. The AANA is a task force going on uh, trying to figure out if they should implement a different term or an alternative term, not doing away with the term anesthetist another term uh, a possible you know name to use is nurse anesthesiologist and and part of that argument of why they're doing that is because they say people don't understand what anesthetist even means and if they understand it they can't say it so they they get uncomfortable trying to pronounce the word so they're trying to find some alternative way so that patients understand what you're doing and who you are and um and and your role in their care that makes a lot of sense now I'm not sure. I This is something I always wondered, and if you can answer it, great. If not, no worries. But in other parts of the world, are some of these other countries using nurse anesthetists? There are, um, but they're not the exact same as, as an American uh, CRNA is. Um, they, like, I think in some Middle Eastern countries, I've had people reach out to me, you know, through my YouTube channel and things like that and ask me, you know, if they came to America, would they be able to practice as a CRNA or, or what would be the process for them to transition over? Because in their country, they're already kind of practicing like what you would think a CRNA is, but it's like a bachelor's degree. And, um, and it's, it's similar to what we would consider a bachelor's degree here. And, and they, they have to work under tight direction of an anesthesiologist. Um, they, they, they're not independent at all. And so their education is just different. Uh, their expectations and their training is different. Um, so, yeah, there are people, uh, there are other countries that use a similar model to nurse anesthetists, but they're not. I think America is the only country that has completely independent, um, you know, doctorally, you know, our new our new transition is a doctorate into practice now. So uh, I think I think we're the ones in America here who have the most independent practice and the most education. Interesting. Now, uh I first found out about you, Jason. We talked about this through social media. So explain to me, why did you decide to really dive into social media to promote really what you're doing and showing people, hey, this is what I do on a daily basis? Uh, what, what was kind of the thought process when you started up that? That's a good question. So I actually started travel nursing, like I said earlier, back in 2014. And that is when I began my, uh, my YouTube channel. And the whole reason I did that was because when I went travel nursing, I was on a mission to discover new th things, le learn new skills, go on new adventures, you know, meet interesting people. And I thought, while I'm out here doing all these things, let me chronicle it, you know, and put it online and other people can see it. My family and friends can see it and people can kind of keep up with me. It really wasn't meant as anything more than, than a way for my own family and personal friends to watch and keep up with it. And so as that went on over a couple of years, um, I had, you know, like I said, I applied to CRNA school over that time period. I got into CRNA school. And then as I was transitioning over and about to move back to Tennessee and start CRNA school, I thought, well, I'll just shut this channel down. You know, I, there's obviously I'm, nobody's going to want to watch me uh, sit at a desk for three years and study, you know, my brains out. So I thought there's no point in even keeping up with this channel. It's, it's you know, 
going to be deleted. But I started having quite a few people when I was telling my friends and family that I had gotten into CRNA school. I had a lot of people reach out to me and say, hey, um, how do you get into CRNA school? Like, I, I, I'm interested in this, but I can't find any resources out there on it. I can't really find any like hard evidence on exactly what I should do, um, you know, or, or not up to date evidence. So is there something, is there like a, some advice you could give me? And so I thought, well, you know what, there wasn't really that many people who guided me with, with good, you know, just firsthand people I could talk to, but nothing online. Like if I looked on YouTube or something like that, there wasn't really much information about CRNAs or how to get into CRNA school. So I thought my last video before I shut the channel down is going to be uh, uh, your five simple steps to get into CRNA school. And I thought that'll be, you know, one last video I do. And that can be kind of like my uh, help, you know, and giving back to the community so that other people who are coming behind me will have you know, uh, five simple steps to get into CRNA school. And I even offered a study guide along with that video. I said, you know, give me your email address. I'll, I'll send you the study guide that I used for my interviews. Uh, because a lot of CRNA programs uh, have a pretty strenuous interview process. And during the interview, they'll ask you lots of different types of questions, hemodynamic questions, uh, critical thinking questions. They may even put you in situations where you're having to do a, a simulation on a crashing patient or something. They want to see how you react in, in you know, real time with stress. And um, so anyway, it was a prep guide pretty much to prepare you for all kinds of situations that could go on in the interview process. And, uh, and so I said, I'll send that out to anybody who wants it, you know, just send me your email. And I thought, you know, I might get like 100 people who watch it or ask for the study guide or something. But I had a huge response to that, that video. And I had lots, I had an outpouring of people saying, oh, thank God, there's, there's a video talking about this. I've been looking and I've been trying to figure stuff out about this field and I can't, there's nobody on YouTube talking about it there's no information about it you know thank you so much please send me a study guide so at that point i said okay maybe i should keep up you know at least doing some videos about like a day in the life kind of thing and i think we got cut off just for a second there jared but i was just telling you about how um, i figured i would stay working with youtube and continue putting out videos that would be like a day in the life kind of videos, just simple, easy to digest videos that would give kind of a behind the scenes view for all those people out there, nurses and students who are wanting to go into the CRNA field to kind of get a what it's really like and, and what, you know, in everyday life is, is like for a CRNA student. Interesting. No, well, I'm definitely glad you, you did that because I love your channels. Um, everyone, I urge everyone to go check out Jason's Instagram, um, and YouTube channel, especially a lot of great content. I'm a, I'm a big fan of content and, uh, especially when it's good content, which, which you have. So, uh, kudos to you for, for building up that well, content now, yeah. along with going to school and keeping up with this content, one of the things I, I definitely want to talk about is hearing some of your time management, stress management tips. So could you go into detail a little bit on what you would tell the audience as far as uh, how do you manage your time? Uh, you you got to get stressed out at some points. How do you manage stress? And we can kind of dive into that. Yeah. Um, Time management is a huge deal in CRNA school. So 
the first thing that I usually tell people who ask me about time management tips is uh, I tell people to start to break things down when you're in CRNAs. Uh, you'll have a massive list of tasks to complete from day one. So you're going to need to break it down into bite-sized chunks or it's going to overwhelm you. Uh, second tip is don't get behind. Once you've broken things down, you need to have a realistic timeline of when you can get each of those little chunks of work done. Uh, if you fall behind one day, you better be prepared to double work the next day. So never let things snowball. Never let it get to where you've gone three or four days and you haven't completed all the tasks you admit to do. And, and now you're four days out and now you have four times the work to do in one day. And there's never going to be a time where you just have a chunk of, of, of free space where you can just catch up. So if you don't keep it you know, worked on as it's coming, it will snowball and you will, you will start to flunk. So don't, don't get into that situation. Uh, my third tip for time management is to be disciplined. So you need to get good at saying no to fun stuff that you want to do. Uh, for three years, fun stuff is a rare and an unusual occurrence for you. Um, not only will you have time, you, well, not only will you not have the time, but you probably were not going to be able to afford it either. So pretty much every weekend from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., I study, um, you know, whatever subject I have to get done or whatever research has to be done. I spend that time studying. And if if I get a little break in between there, it's probably going to be to exercise, go to the gym, you know, walk the dog, eat something you know, maybe listen to a podcast or something for 30 minutes or an hour, uh, but you're not going to have much time to, to go have fun and to, to go do stuff with people. So you just have to stay disciplined. Oh, those are great tips. Um, uh, did you ask me about stress management yes, tips as well? Yes, as well. Okay. So stress management, that is a huge problem because uh, uh, along with all of the uh, lists of things you have to get done come all the stress that go along with that. Uh, so, like I said before, my number one way to keep stress down is to uh, goes hand in hand with your time management. So you have to break the task down. If it if you make Mount Everest into a bunch of one mile hikes each day, you just have to focus on the one mile hike for that day. It won't stress you out as much. But if you take a step back and you try and look at CRNA school as a whole, it will look like Mount Everest, and it will seem like this massive stressful insurmountable tasks that you're not going to be able to complete. Um, so don't look at it as a whole, break it down day by day and just keep yourself in the moment of that day. Um, another big thing is be confident in yourself. So you have to remember that you're the cream of the crop. If you made it into CRNA school, you're the best of the best. Your, your professors interviewed tons and tons of people and they turned away a lot of them and all those people who applied and interviewed they all had the good gpa they all had the letters of recommendation they all you know had their really interesting resumes and stuff they all seemed great but they chose you out of those people and that means they think you can do this so you have to keep that in mind that that people who are crnas and who have done this before believe you are someone who can do this so be confident in yourself and, and don't don't let yourself start feeling like you're um, inept and unable to do the task because you you can do the task. And that's why they chose you. And my third tip is to find something that makes you happy and find a way to schedule it in regularly. 
Um, I know I just got done talking about how insanely busy your schedule is and how little of time you'll actually have. But if you schedule your, if you're really good with time management and you schedule out your week pretty tightly and you stick to it pretty disciplined, you should be able to, to schedule in a little bit of time to do something a couple hours on a Saturday or, you know, on a Tuesday, whenever you find that your schedule gives you that couple hours of free time. And if it's golfing for you, if you, if two hours of golfing is, is how you rejuvenate your soul every week, do that. If it's yoga, do that. If, if playing your Xbox for a couple hours, you know, really releases some dopamine for you, do that. Uh, you have to find something that makes you happy, something that makes you want to keep going. Because if you, if you just all work all the time, you will, you'll start to lose sight of why you're even doing any of this. You'll lose sight of, of, of what's even important in life and, and it all just you kind of become depressed and you, you give up even wanting to try. So you have to do something that, you know, is good for your mental health. And my last tip for stress management is exercise. That's, that's a big one. Uh, weight gains a real probability in CRNA school. So you need to, uh, and that's going to affect your self-esteem and your self-image. So you need to really focus on keeping your uh, health in order. You know, exercise is going to release good endorphins. If you do 30 minutes of exercise three to four times a week, that's going to make you feel better. Your blood's going to pump more. You're going to think better when you're studying and you're going to feel better about yourself. So those are my key tips I keep in mind that keep me going for throughout CRNA school. No, those are great tips. Um, I, I, want to, I want to wrap up with kind of going over what some of your goals are um, and mm. uh, we, can, we can transition from there. All right. So my immediate goals are to finish my CRNA DMP degree in the next year and go into practice. That is, uh, that's the huge Everest that I was mentioning before that I'm, I'm about two thirds through now. And so I'm on the last third and I'm trying to keep my head above water and keep moving. Um, and then once I get out of, uh, out of school next year, I'm, I'm hoping to find a great practice that has, you know, full practice of uh, my skills is available where I can go out and do everything that I've trained all this time to do and, uh, and have a really good, you know, rewarding practice that um, has a good group of other anesthesia providers that we all work well as a team together and, and, you know, give me the ability to take care of patients the way I've always wanted to do. Very good. Uh, where can people learn more about you slash follow you, Jason? Um, you could follow me on YouTube at Bolt SRNA. Uh, that's probably where most people follow me. Um, but I also have an Instagram page that's also Bolt SRNA and a Twitter page is Bolt SRNA. So um, any of those social media uh, outlets you could follow me on. Excellent. Make sure everyone uh, definitely goes and follows Jason and checks out his content. Very solid content. That's how I heard about him originally, like I mentioned. So, I want to thank you again, Jason, so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your story and giving us some tips on time management, stress management, and talking about the CRNA path. Yeah, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Excellent. Well, you have a great day. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Slice of Healthcare podcast. Hope you enjoyed. Jason's a great guy and had a lot of good insight on several different topics. Be sure to check out his Instagram, his YouTube, and Twitter pages. 
All of those will be in the show notes along with the Slice of Healthcare website at www.sliceofhealthcare.com. All social media at Slice of Healthcare except for Twitter where we're at Slice of HC. Thanks and have a great day. podcast you just heard was recorded with anchor if you want to make your own download the android or ios app completely free from anchor.fm slash podcast that's anchor.fm slash podcast